Hello and welcome everyone to episode 12 of the VGC Trainers School podcast where we focus on the competitive side of Pokemon. Whether you are a ladder scholar or newcomer to VGC, we will help you learn. Class is in session. I'm Jake and I am joined today by Spicer and Tony. Thank you both very much for coming back. It's certainly uh, certainly an honor to have you both. So, Spicer, what's going on? What's new with you, man? Not much. Riveting. So, okay. I just want to give you the most unsatisfying <laughs> possible. I, I think those. I think that's the truth, though. No, yeah. To be honest, yeah, I actually. Uh, period. Yeah, nothing going on. Nothing new in uh, I'm, Pokemon I'm or laddering or team building or. No, I'm trying to. I'm doing real life stuff. I'm moving to a new apartment because my rent went up like crazy. This economy, am I right? I mean, didn't you just do a local yesterday? Fucking liar. Yeah. Well, besides that, I did a local yesterday, and we had like eight whole people, and I got fourth place. Woo! Top fifty percentile. That's cool. I mean, like honestly, doing it in person, though, like that's there's something different about that so i think that's pretty, that's pretty neat yeah honestly i am pretty blessed to be in las vegas for this specific scenario pokemon locals and nothing else because the luxor that pyramid casino uh has a esports arena and they're doing monday night pokemon so if anybody out there is in vegas come to the esports, the HyperX Arena, and whoop my ass Monday nights. I'll see you there. Like in Pokemon or just in general? You're into that. Whichever one you want. We just need nice. people to show up. Cool. Cool. Well, that sounds like fun. I wish yeah. I had a place around me to do something like that. Yeah. They stream it too. It's, it's wild. There's a giant screen. People are playing games all around. Yeah, it did look like a neat atmosphere. I was really digging it when I was watching you on stream before. It has like a higher production value than a regional. That's pretty cool. Well, cool. Oh, again, thank you for coming on. Uh, The other voice that you heard, of course, is Tony. So welcome back, Tony. How are things? What's going on with you? Not much. No. uh, Yeah, no, really not much. Um, I I did our uh pre-knoxville tourney so that was kind of cool i got top eight with iron treads and i think that was just my goal was to like do something with iron treads and now i'm just like oh now i don't know what to do like with my life i kind of just stare off in in a corner trying (laughs) to find the next thing to do um no i i don't i'm not lucky enough in california to have locals like spicer so i might have to go to vegas and just I'm gonna have to fuck Spicer up apparently, and then then I'll go yeah. play Pokemon. So it'll be cool. <laughs> yeah, it's worth it if you come to town. Very cool. Uh, and with that, with that tournament, that was one that we hosted on the main server on Discord, right? Yeah, that was the main server. So the VGC Trainer School pre Knoxville tourney. Um, it was cool though. Like it. I noticed on Limitless, I think we were the top three Pokemon tournament for that weekend. Um, so we're definitely building up. And I think it was like 70, 70 people. 
So it was nice. cool. Like it, it's nice for a little small thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, you know, just getting, you know, getting practice in. Mm-hmm. Like 74 people. That's pretty great. It, it really just goes to show like I've seen such a an increase in the participation of tournaments like that are grassroots, you know, all over the place where you'll routinely see check-in for some of these limitless tournaments and it's like 50 plus people and it'll be like a random Wednesday or something like that, let alone a weekend. Um, and it's just really cool that people are so interested in doing best of threes and getting better. But cool. Um, well, thank you guys. Uh, for me, nothing really. Honestly, I'm kind of in a similar boat where I've just been just riding the wave of, of Pokemon, trying out new teams here and there. Uh, we were trying to you know, build a, a mouse ape team the other day, and that kind of got started because I was like, guys, I just caught a shiny Mankey, <laughs> so I want to do Annihilate. And um, we started like some like moving some things around, and it was kind of fun just to watch the team building process when you have a bunch of people doing it all at once. So, um, but yeah, uh, we do have a lot for today for the podcast episode. So let's get into it. We are today going to be covering a little bit of news that has come up, um, but then the topic at hand is to cover OCIC, the Oceana International Championships. Cover some of the usage statistics and some of the uh, the winners and you know some of the teams that we saw there. Then look ahead to Knoxville and do some predictions at the end for what we think we're going to see in Knoxville. So let's jump right into the news. Spicer, can you take this first one, please? I would love to do that. OCIC wrapped up this past weekend, and the first IC winner of Scarlet and Violet is Gavin Michaels. We'll cover this more at the topic ahead. I don't know what that accent was. Yes, Gavin Michaels did win OCIC, beating out Alberto, Laura. Uh, apparently they're neighbors and friends and they team built and tested many, many times before actually going down to Melbourne, which is kind of cool that they then met in the finals. Unfortunate for Alberto, but um, a great run for both of them, for sure. And this next news piece, Tony, could you take this one, please? Gladly. So the next seven-star raid that has been announced is a Water Terra Pikachu. I'm sorry. Uh, it will run from <laughs> February 24th and February 27th. No additional notes as of now. It's just a water type. You know, Water Terra Raichu sounds kind of cool. I'm assuming they're trying to go for the the surfing Pikachu. Yeah. Like, you know, they, they had. Do you remember that? Like surfing Pikachu was like on the surfboard and shit. It's still one of the best mini games they've ever put in a Pokemon game. Can't it really is. Just like. It, it was such a cool thing, but he doesn't get a surfboard now. I'm kind of disappointed in that. For Raichu, though, I mean, I think that is kind of cool, right? Because then it's like you give it Lightning Rod. I assume it's going to have it in the raid. So that only has one weakness in grass. Do you think that Raichu I mean, is potentially viable? I mean, I haven't seen it really at all. I remember there was like one team that we commented on that had a physical Raichu. But it seems like Iron Hands kind of just does the job better considering it even gets Volt Switch, right? Like, I could see physical Raichu being, like, kind of fun and kind of cool with the with the Volt Tackle. But Iron Bundle's bulky in defense, so it's like, 
I don't know how well like you don't even see electric type so it's like maybe even static might be better mm-hmm. like like oh you got iron hands the only electric type running around besides the occasional pomot that only like five people really fight i mean pomot's kind of popular on dozo themes yeah but when's the last time you've played a but that's more because of revival blessing though right yeah that's why it's like which, if Raichu which... had a useful attack yeah. Mm, the only time I've seen Raichu is on a double discharge team. It used to be a mainstay on rain teams, but it's just you don't you don't see it anymore. So this last piece of news is really just that the Pokemon Day Pokemon presentation, aka the Pokemon Presents, has been confirmed for 9 a.m. Eastern on february 27th it's going to be between 20 to 25 minutes Um, but this is very exciting of course everybody is wants to see what is going to be in that 20 minutes is one of the longer pokemon presents that we've had i saw joe merrick posted some information about like the last six or seven pokemon presents and this will be the second longest one that we've had in the last couple years so i'm interested to see what will be popping up so Spicer, uh, I'll, I'll start with you first. Is there something that you are really interested in seeing or really hopeful to see in the Pokemon Presents video? You know, something beyond just generically, I just want to see DLC, but like anything in particular or specific? Yeah, uh, I want to see like, I'm, I'm just going to say sky's the limit. I would be down for like remakes or sequels to like such classics as Coliseum, Battle Revolution, games where they were really trying hard to finish them before they put them out you know if they could update that pokemon stadium game they made to actually let you use game boy pokemon that would be awesome that would be cool i'd like that other than that i just want a dlc that actually like makes the storyline of the main game make sense like what is going on the with the final legendary what is going on with gita is her team being awful part of the plot (laughs) Are the Paradox Pokemon a part of imagination? Are they actually time-traveling? Or were they born into the world based on the, the legendary Pokemon? I'm not as familiar with like how, how deep some of the fan theories have gone or how closely some people have followed like the story. Like For me, I was totally fine with it just being, yeah, they're just from the past or from the future. Uh, the one thing that just doesn't make any sense to me is Sandy Shocks, because I feel like if it's from the past, it wouldn't have all those magnets the way that it does. But some people have pointed to like Pokedex entries that don't make any sense. Like Screamtail says that it could potentially be a billion years old or something like that. So I think there's definitely something that they're going to be doing with that. I'd like to see them extend on that. Um, for me, I would just, I just want them to bring in all of the Pokemon that haven't been on the Switch yet. You know? Like, um, there's like a whole a whole list of them. Like the, what is it? Like the Gen 6, all of the Gen 6 starters would be cool. There's like 30-something Pokemon that have, that are not available on Switch. So I'd like to see see them in it. And just something to shake up the meta. Because yeah, it's just, it's, we, we just want to, I just want to continue seeing that. Shake it up. Give us anything, please, Pokemon. Yeah, I think I'm down be cool. for home. Home would oh. be cool. Home like update. Home announcement. That that to me, I think that's the number one. I, I think that like a home date 
or even if it's just like they shadow drop it and you're like, yeah, now it's uh, it's available. It's going to be available later today or something. Or if it's even it's going to be available March 1st and then it'll be VGC legal April 1st. That would be insane. Also, I got you. No one would play on the ladder because everybody would be playing would be playing casual so they could use the home Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Again, I got you. I know what I want. Okay. Go I ahead. want I want new paradoxes. Okay. How many? Like, Any uh, in particular? Just I want one. like I want Charizard. like three of each. Three of each, right? Okay. Like three future, three past. I don't care who it is. It, it just has to be someone like not looking like Sandy Shocks. Because although Sandy Shocks is cool. It's ugly and I hate it design wise. Like from no. an artistic standpoint, I no. hate it. Yes. it has no, it has a little spinning hair on top and it's beautiful. It, it, shut it, up. Have you seen it walk? You know what? Beauty's on the inside and all, but no, I hate it. I hate its design. You know what we really need is we need a, a future and past paradox of Charizard. Shut up. Because it's just my favorite you. Pokemon. It's just <laughs> underrepresented. We need more. I can't believe it's not in the game right now. Can we bring it's in Cinderor back? Can we bring in Cinderor back too while we're at it? No. Um, shut up. <laughs> um, I, I also want I want new Pokemon. I just want new Pokemon. I feel like that there's so many scrapped ideas. They could just dig in that barrel and just like bring them out now. Like just do it. Uh, I I hope Gorochu becomes a paradox. That is my biggest hope. Ooh, that's a good one. If like you that. make if you make Gorochu like a past paradox, I don't, I don't give a shit if it's bad. I would just use it, just because we were robbed of it. Yeah, um, for anybody who's not ancient like we are, Gorochu Gorochu was a uh, um once on a beta for was it gold and silver. I think it was gold and silver. It was supposed to be the third evolution yeah. for Raichu. So there was supposed to be another one, and it would have been it would have been great. I would have loved it. But you know they gave us baby Pokemon instead. But we will see what the 27th brings. So next Monday, all will be revealed, or at least, you know, I'm sure there's gonna be some teasers and whatnot, but it should be good. It should be good. All right. Well, thank you both. Let's wrap up the news and head into the topic. The topic today is to cover the Oceana International Championships. Look forward to Knoxville and then end with some predictions for the regional that is upcoming. Uh, so first off, we already touched on it a little bit in the news but the Oceana International Championships wrapped up over the weekend. The winning trainer from the tournament was Gavin Michaels, piloting a very cool team of Iron Hands, Amoongus, Baxcalibur, Palafin, Pelipper, and Dragonite. So Baxcalibur gets another victory in a major tournament, as does Palafin. Um as we all expected with Baxcalibur, of course, considering <laughs> it uh, is the pseudo. So obviously it has to be good and Dragonite on there for good measure. Very, very entertaining tournament for sure to watch. Uh, me, someone on the East Coast here in the United States, it was like, it was wonderful. I was able to just watch it at very convenient times. And I thought all of the, all the games, all the matches were 
were very fun. I also like these international championships where they do stream the finals for the uh, other age divisions as well. So you can sort of see what some of the, the future stars of the master's division might be. But overall, OCIC complete, done. The first international championships of Scarlet and Violet, uh, starting with you, Spicer. What'd you think? Did you enjoy it? Okay, I've got a team and a Pokemon for you. Okay. The team is Mr. Second Place himself, Albero Laura, uh, because just look at his team and then look at all the other ones. Let me explain to you one through eight right now. We got Rain, then we got Mr. Alberto himself. Then we got uh, Dozo, followed by Tailwind Good Stuff, followed by, okay, it's good stuff again. But then we've got Armadidi, and then we've got Dozo, then we got Mousesafe. Like everybody's got like a thing, or they're running like the top six mons, right? But Alberto's in here just with like Klefki and Corviknight, and even Garchomp. Like nobody's really using Garchomp hardly. So it's just amazing to me that this dude got second and he went 11 and 3 in Swiss. Like uh, maybe it'll give hope to people out there who have a an interesting non-meta Pokemon to bring to the table and everybody just tells them mid, mid, mid and you know you could be the next Alberto and then the Pokemon I've noticed is Mousehold being support Mousehold without Ape a few times in the top 32 I just think that's cool absolutely I think Mousehold was a big winner for sure Considering that in the overall usage, it was at 13.5%. There were 38 teams that ran it throughout the tournament. But when you made it to day two, there were up to eight teams. Now, you know, only eight teams at that point you may consider, but that's 21% of the field. So an increase of almost 8% from day one to, to day two. There is definitely something that, People were seeing because you're right. Eight teams had Mousehold, but only three teams in day two had Annihilate. So people are really liking this support set that's Ghost Terra with Follow Me, Baby Doll Eyes, Faint, Population Bomb, Beat Up. It has a wide move pool that it can use. And it's very supportive. It's very fast. 111 base speed for something that's so supportive and honestly pretty bulky is. Pretty neat to see. I think that's a great call out for sure. Yeah, you're welcome. And in the top 16, all of the mouse holds have the same set, all of them being uh, three, no, four, besides the one that has beat up because it's with the ape. Mm-hmm. They've got Super Fang, Follow Me, Baby Doll Eyes, and Protect. Super Fang is great. I think that there was like a crucial miss on Super Fang in one of the games that was on stream which is just brutal when that happens, when you're expecting a 50% reduction in your opponent Pokemon's HP. But yeah, I think that's a, that's a very cool set, especially when you see it next to a bunch of these attackers, because I don't know about you two, but it feels like the strong attackers like Iron Bundle or Fluttermane sometimes miss out on those KOs, like those one-hit KOs by like 20% or something like that. So being able to start at only 50% left does help a lot. You know, you can put invest more in bulk and then you're able to get 
additional one, maybe two hits off with that Pokemon. I think it's pretty cool. Another big reason I think Mousehold is there is because Fluttermane's presence, and it just follow me's into a normal deck. The, the thing that I notice is uh, the top two, uh, their teams, I think those are just their original teams with a couple swaps. Like, I don't think it's that far off. I do think, think Mouse Ape making the top eight is interesting because it's like, it's a gimmick. You know, it's beat up. It's a beat up gimmick. Yeah, it's interesting to see that beat up is still relevant in its own way. Other things that I like to... S- so the thing about this is like, the teams don't seem super crazy. Like, I mean, Alberto's team is fucking wild. Let's Let's be realistic. Like, I keep looking at it and it's like, that's a team that only Alberto could play because I look at it and I don't understand shit. I don't know. Like, it, it's just so weird to look at the top eight teams and then it's just like, then you just see that one. And it's like, yeah. huh. just sticks out like a sore thumb. It's like, did you just get like really lucky? Like, did you just get all the full like, pairs that you needed? Like, you know, and I'm not trying to sound like I'm really good. I'm not really good. Yeah, I'm yeah. not a pro and... But I look at that team and I'm like, why would you do that? But he did it. And I think Albert, like in the long run, yes, Gavin, you are the winner. But Alberto, you're the story. Like I'm so fucking confused. You're the shock factor right now. I do think it's cool that Gavin and Alberto are neighbors. They just knew each other. They're like, oh, we live like 10 minutes away from each other. You know, so that's kind of cool. And then looking at the top, like just looking at the top 16, right? Yeah, there's a lot of mouse. Let's, uh, since we keep talking about it, let's first, just for the people that haven't seen what Alberto's team is, uh, let's just run through it real quick. It is Garchomp, Corviknight, Volcarona, Iron Bundle, which, you know, four very standard Pokemon thus far, then Klefki and Roaring Moon. The Klefki is the one that really got people very interested in what was happening because it is... Similar to Grimmsnarl in the fact that it prevents or like it, it presents the the screens with reflect and light screen. It also comes with Thunder Wave, but it's the fact that it gets dazzling clean, so it can't be affected by Intimidate, and it gets that double target, which is really really nice. So the wild part too is like it's it's Choice Scarf Garchomp. That's like that's a, that's old as us. Body press with no bulk up. Corviknight, Terra Dragon, with the Citrus Berry on top of it. Terra Grass, Volcarona, Terra Ice, Covert Cloak Bundle, which that's something that I've seen running around. It's either Terra Ice or Terra Ghost. And then, you know, Standard Roaring Moon. It's weirdly balanced the more you look at it, but then it's also, like, I think just trying to wrap my head around it is, is it's too much work. It's too much work. Alberto, you know, applaud. I, I don't get it, but I applaud you. Some of the other things to make note of within the top eight, there is no, or there's only one Amoongus, which I think is very, very interesting, considering that is such a mainstay in, has been in, in VGC for, for a while now, for sure. Um, there's two Dondozo teams, uh, one of which only has Palmot, and there is that an Annihilate Mousehold team that you mentioned. And we finally do see an NDD Armorous team in the top eight. It feels like it's been a while in these tournaments before we've actually uh, seen, seen that in the top eight. So looking at some of the usage stats as well, Fluttermane is at the very top 
for usage overall at 53%. Next is a 10% drop off to Iron Bundle at 43%. And then we see the next is Iron Hands, Arcanine, Amoongus, and then Great Tusk at there at the bottom as well. So it's been quite an interesting, I think, I think it was a quite the interesting tournament, um, especially to see that Fluttermain overtook Iron Hands as the as the number one, you know, because Iron Hands had been the number one uh, for for quite a while at this point. I I need to say this because I know it's there and no one else is going to say it. So this it, on Victory Road it shows the top thirty and number twenty nine. It's Perigora. <laughs> I have to say it. I think I think it's interesting to see because it does show day one and day two. And day one, you know, Fluttermane is number one, 100%. And then when you go to day two, though, day two, it looks like it's Volcarona, right? Volcarona's number one usage for day two, but it's like 6% usage on day one. I think seeing how dramatically the game changes just between day one and day two is interesting. Because then it's like, oh, day two, Fluttermane is also only 9% usage. And then Iron Bundle is actually 13.9%. Yes. And, and I think that that might go to the fact that, I mean, we do see one, two, three, four, five. I mean, there were five Iron Bundle in the in, in the top eight. So it's not like it's, it's certainly not like it's fallen off, but maybe some people are just tired of missing Hydro Pump. And it just comes down to that. Or I don't know. I mean... Iron Bundle, yes, it is faster than Fluttermane, but it's certainly not nearly as strong, considering that its special attack is, is what, 126 as opposed to 135 that Fluttermane is. So it's missing out on some of those KOs as well. So, I mean, you see a lot of these Iron Bundles these days are more so like the support set with either Icy Wind or Encore. It's almost like you have to be more aware of that and fearful of that, that it's going to be more disruptive to your team as opposed to threatening and throwing around a lot of damage. I'm also happy to see that there is a lot of great tusk here in the in the top eight as well. I mean, only only two of them, but I mean, great tusk was up to 27.7%. It was the number six used Pokemon in the tournament, and then 12% for day two. I really enjoy the OCIC tournaments and just the international challenges or the international championships rather in, in general because you get to see some of the other age divisions. Unfortunate for this situation though, or I guess this this showing, because all of the finals were 2-0 victories. In the Masters division specifically, I mean, Gavin Michaels and Alberto Lara, um, it was a very tough matchup. Apparently they're, they're neighbors and friends and they've been team building and whatnot. And apparently Alberto lost like, 80% of the time to Gavin. So I think they probably had an idea going in what was going to happen, what was going to be the result, but still they had to play it out, of course. And it, it's neat that they were both just able to, to be there for each other. Anything else that you guys think from, from this tournament that we're going to be seeing potentially moving forward? Um, I think for sure, just everyone, like for some reason, people don't run Palafin that often, but Palafin's been winning. I think people are going to really try to break it down. Either that or someone's going to just be like, oh, it's Baxcalibur. And someone's just going to think Baxcalibur is the winning team. 
Yeah, no, that's that's the only thing I think. Maybe more mousehold because mousehold's yeah really picking up. Um, definitely great tusk. Vivillian uh, made number twenty, so I mean, maybe someone. <laughs> you know what? I heard Sarah Ledge is popping up. I don't know if it's true, but I heard Sarah Ledge is popping up. You know, that could be a thing. And Shadow Sneak's nice to have on Flutterman. Yeah, that that's probably the only thing I could think of. And I mean, being immune to Will-O-Wisp is nice, considering that that's just everywhere these days. Every every team has a way to burn you. True. Uh, my question is, do you think we're going to see more clear amulet? Like clear amulet uh, Sarah Ledge? Because I think that's what the set is normally, right? I could see it. I think also I'm, I'm surprised that we don't see more of it, just specifically for speed drops, considering, again, Icy Wind is everywhere because of Iron Bundle. And speaking of, I don't know if you guys caught the commentary from, I believe it was Adam, or one of the casters was basically saying how he was like, when I was playing, Icy Wind was just like a pittance of damage, right? It was only like 10 HP or something like that, but it was more about the speed drop. And they were commenting when it was a Terra Ice Iron Bundle that was doing like half health spread damage with Icy Wind. So you get that massive damage chunk plus the dynamic speed drop. I don't know. I, th I still think that there's a lot to be explored with with that just because that's an insane amount of power coming from something that gives you so much utility. All righty. Uh, well, that sort of wraps it up. I do highly suggest anybody that is interested, go check out Victory Road. They do have all of the teams from the Oceana International Championships uh, from teams 1 through 64 and even some from the seniors and juniors divisions as well. All of them have the at least the open team sheet exports, so you won't be able to see the EVs or anything, but maybe that allows you to mix it up and do them as you, as you wish. And of course, always check VGC Pastes. They're going to have some of the rental codes there that you can try out some of these winning teams. I think I might try a Dozo team, guys, just to see how it plays. I've never really used Don Dozo outside of Draft League, and I lose to it. Not all the time but enough that i want to just check it out just to see what what it does and you know how i lose with it so i can then try and recreate that yeah and there's some good the, ones here there's the best way to learn how to beat it mm -hmm. i think i mean those are cool now right like it's as long as you're not going for the rest set because they they make games so long <laughs> it's true uh, speaking of, one last thing before we go. You know what's not in the top 30? No, I take it back. It is um, Garganackle. Uh, there was only two in, on day two. So it was number 19 in usage at 11.4. Um, I was just curious. Um, but I did want to also mention real quick before we go into Knoxville. Dragonite had one of the biggest jumps in usage rates. Uh, overall usage was 10.6%. Um, there were 30 Dragonites in the tournament. It was number 20 most used. Then there were seven in day two, which accounted for 23% of the field, which is second highest behind Volcarona. So very, very impressive um, that Pokemon has certainly come back because 
the assault vest set or the Terra flying set with dragon dance. A lot of people are getting some great utility from the mm -hmm. Gen One pseudo. Yeah, and uh, let me tell you why is because first of all, I spinner for size spam, um, and it just uh, walls great tusk, which is the most popular thing right now. It's so hot right now, the great tusk, you know, but it can't <laughs> touch a flying type. There's not many flying types in the meta right now, especially that are just taking not very effective from fighting and then immune to ground. And most, uh, I want to say Dawn fan, but great tusks aren't even running ice spinner or rock slide or anything like that. Mm hmm. Yeah, Terra Flying Terra Blast, it finally has a flying move that isn't fly. And fly is probably one of the most annoying moves because you could just protect, so it's useless. But I, I think that's probably the coolest thing about it so far. That's just what flying is right now. Flying is a good defensive type at the moment because everybody and their mama's running great tests. Alrighty, well, let's move on to... Knoxville. That is the upcoming tournament that we have. So to in order to do it, we are going to talk about some predictions of what we think is going to happen in the um in the tournament. So let's just start off with the first one that we have here. How many palafins do you think will be in the top eight? Uh, one and it's gonna win. I agree. One or two. One or two, but it's going to be like, either it's going to be the top two or it's just, it's the winner. Guaranteed. Okay. So the line is 1.5. So you think that there's going to be one or two? Spicer, you go first. One. So you're taking the under. Okay. Uh, and Tony, what about you? I'll take the under. I'll take the under. So I'll it's one. All right. I'm going to go over on this one. I think that Palafin is just incredibly strong. It works without rain. It works with rain. Jet Punch can work on a trick room team. It's, I, I think we're going to see even more of it. I think that people are just, you know, scratching the surface at what hero mode is capable of. And we're going to see just a ton of it. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see three in the top eight in Knoxville, honestly. All right, next one. Uh, the top Paradox Pokemon by usage in the top eight specifically. So not overall in the tournament, but just in the top eight. Fluttermane, Iron Hands, Great Tusk, Iron Bundle, or other. Tony, what about you? Ooh. Um, you know what? I, I think uh, I think it's going to be Bundle. Yeah? It's, it's going to have to be Bundle. Bundle's such a good support, but it's also such a good attacker when it hits... I think Bundle's going to pick. I think Hands is dropping, like a little, little by little, and I think Bundle's going to pop up a little bit more. I think Flutter might be like kind of tied, and I think I think Great Tusk will be tied with Hands at this point, though. Also, so okay. it's 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 going to be weird and interesting. Spicer, Flutter main, yeah, okay, easy answer. Okay, I think. I think I agree with Tony. I think I'm going to go Iron Bundle as well. For all the points you said, it's it's strong. It offers great support, and it really just fits well on, on, onto any team because Water Ice is a great offensive type, and with that speed, you can do anything with it. Fluttermane just hits like a truck. It does. It does, and it, it can. You can just slot it onto any team. So I definitely see the appeal for sure. But I think I'm going to go Iron Bundle. We'll see. We'll see what happens. 
All right. So on to the next one with the rise of mouse holds. I'm curious if you think there will be more mouse eight teams in the top eight. We had one in OCIC set in the line at 1.5. Do you think we'll be over that or under that? Uh, Swicer, you go first. I'm under. I'm seeing one or zero. Flutterman checks it pretty hard, and otherwise you're forced to go that fire tear, and somebody knows what to do. Okay. So just one. All righty. Tony, what about you? Yeah, no, Spice is pretty convincing on that one. I'm going to say one. All right. I think, I think I'm probably going to go one as well. I'm going to take the under. Um, we'll probably end up seeing more, more mouse hold again. But yeah, I don't think that they'll necessarily bring the ape. I could see that being the difference for sure. Okay. Uh, next is Dondozo. So Dondozo has been one where it's gone up and down and then in i want to say orlando it was there were like four in the top eight or something like that and then there were two in the top eight in ocic so i set the line at two and a half do you think we're over or under that tony what do you think uh i think three i think three will make it like dozo is one of those things where it's like if you forget about it the dozo will come back and just fuck your day up but it's also one of those things where it's like everyone is prepping for it at the same time mm -hmm. um and i think people just get bored of it like so i i really think sometimes the reason why you don't see certain things is because people got bored and they want to try something new um i think the people who have like stuck with dozo since series one will bring dozo no matter what and um, I, I think three people in the top, top eight will have Dozo for sure. Okay. Okay. So you're taking the over. Spicer, what about you? Uh, I'm going to say over as well, just because uh, Dozo Bozos seem to be for life. Like you either hate Dozo or you just like love Dozo like you're in a cult for some reason. <laughs> and you like never stop playing it. And it's just, it's just good. It's always going to be good. People who are going to want to win are going to play what wins. And uh, Dozo is more than a gimmick. It is a meta strategy that you need a plan for. And even people who think they have a plan don't have a plan. They're getting wave crashed to the base. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely – it continues to get stronger and stronger as people figure out more ways to, to use it and support it and whatnot i think just for some variety i'm gonna go under i think that to your point tony i think that maybe it's gonna dip just a little bit as some of the more successful players might want to be trying some of the other stuff that's out there and who knows maybe we'll see a return to like Murkrow, haze or some clear smog shenanigans but i think we were we have been talking before that like you see a ton of steel Dondozos these days for clear smog specifically. So who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, I see like 90% steel just for clear smog. And now that's not hardly an answer anymore. Yeah. Just in my experience. So from one steel type to another, this is kind of like a wild card. Um, how many Corviknight do you think we'll see in the top eight? Corviknight has been on a bit of a rise here recently. 
seeing a lot more play in some very prominent tournaments. It was on Alberto Lara's team, reaching uh, second place, of course. And in the OCIC tournament, it was not ranked in the top 30 by usage, but I mean, it fits well with Sand. Tyranitar is one of the best anti-meta teams, right, or best, best anti-meta picks right now. Terra Dragon is really strong with Corviknight, and it can just wall a ton of stuff, especially with Mirror Armor being great for anti-intimidate. So 1.5 might be a little bit high, but what do you think, Spicer? Over or under that? Corviknight, I think, is like the steel type right now besides goldango it's been goldango for so long but fluttermane's kind of put in a check where uh corvanite is taking some spotlight because it's not weak to ghost and otherwise there's not really many steel types scissor is four times weak to fire never fun otherwise you're forced to terra and it's just a great end game mon kind of beats out garganicals people are sick of losing to garganical in the end game just roost i also want to point out that Nobody used Gastrodon at OCIC. It wasn't even in the top 64. So if you want to end game Mon that can take some hits, you go Corviknight. And I've seen people do Water, Fire, and Dragon. There's a lot of ways to run it, and uh, it seems to be working. It's a sleeper, I think. Cool. I agree. Tony, what about you? Over or under? I think under. I, I mean, it's cool. Like, Corviknight's cool. But it's not like the best. Yeah. I, I think I definitely think people are gonna try it more. I think it'll show up at the tournament more than it did, but I think for top cut it won't it will it won't be that much different. I think it'll be like one person will figure it out. Maybe two might figure it out in top sixteen, but like top eight, top four, one. Yeah. Okay. One if it makes it there. I can see that. I'm going to say over. I believe in the bird. And I think that this could be the tournament that we see it as the medical because it's great versus Fluttermane. It is great versus Great Tusk as well. And assuming it's, you know, you don't caught, get caught roosting when they earthquake or something like that, depending on speeds. But I think that it could be a, a really solid pick. Bulk up is extremely strong, um, especially since, you know, Steel, flying, fighting coverage that it gets. I don't know. I can see it. And last one is everybody's favorite team. Arma, Rouge, and NDD. Number of teams in the top eight. We saw one at OCIC. And if you've been following the podcast, you'll know that it hasn't necessarily been in too many of the top eights of what we've seen in major tournaments recently. But... It is dotted all over the top 32, top 64 as a very strong core, and it's always just gonna gonna be there. So do you think that we see over or under one and a half for this top eight? Tony, last one for you to start. Um, I think for top eight, two. I, I'm gonna say two. Okay. So you're gonna go over. Yeah. I think it's still such a strong core. Um, I don't want to call it a cheese team because it's not like I mean, it feels like it, where you could just click buttons and win, but there, there's, there's still a lot that could beat it. So yeah, I think definitely, couple like two, yeah. Okay, cool. And Spicer, what about you? 
Armadidi. I think it is probably going to be a one, but it feels like it's been long overdue to top a little higher than that. So I'll do something a little less than safe this time and say two, but I don't see it winning okay. personally because I feel like um, almost every team that tops has something to counter it on their team. And, uh, and a lot of teams will have a counter. So you can do pretty good with it where you're increasing your ladder rank. But to be on the top top, I don't think you're winning like high over 50%. So I don't see it more than two. Okay, cool. I am inclined to agree with you both as well. I think that we're going to see two. I think it's going to be over the 1.5. And... Yeah, I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna peak in top. I think we're gonna see a team with it in top four for sure. It's good. I think the trick room could be really good right now, and I wouldn't be surprised to see it to see it up there, um, fighting for a shot at the finals. But we'll see. Knoxville, I think it's gonna be really exciting. It does start this coming weekend. Um, it runs the twenty fifth through the twenty sixth. It also be the first instance of, at least here in the States, of um, Day 2 Swiss. So that'll be great to see. And I'm excited to watch and you know really sink my teeth into that. And then, of course, Pokemon Day on Monday will be extremely exciting as well. So thank you, everybody, for listening. We certainly do encourage you to come check us out for more content. Um, find us on Discord at VGC Trainers School. You'll be able to find us there. Uh, reach out to us via email at trainersschoolpodcast at gmail.com and let us know what's something that you are really looking forward to for the Pokemon Day Pokemon Presents, whether it is VGC related, Pokemon related, or just in general, something that you hope to see. We are certainly very interested in that. And with that, I thank you both, Tony and Spicer. Thank you so much for coming on, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. Um, thank you all for listening. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Class dismissed.